Now, another incident Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the following verses. وَإِذْ قَالَ مُوسَى لِقَوْمِهِ And recall when Musa alayhi salam said to his people, he's telling them that in Allah, indeed Allah يَأْمُرُكُمْ He orders you. يَأْمُرُ is from the root letters Hamza Mimra. Amr is a command. Allah is ordering you, He's commanding you. And that تَذْبَحُوا You all should slaughter بَقَرَهْ A cow. تَذْبَحُوا is from the root letters ذَالْبَحَ ذِبْح ذِبْح is to slaughter. بَقَرَهْ Cow. And this is what the surah is named after because it has a story of the cow. And you might wonder why is the surah named after the story of the cow. The story is so relevant and so important. So the Bani Israel, Musa a.s. tells them, Allah's ordering you that you should slaughter a cow. Why? What's the reason? The detail is not given here. And we don't always have to know the reason behind every command. While it may be helpful, it's not necessary. If Allah is telling us, He's telling us. Khalas. You know, you just have to do it then. You don't question Allah's authority. لا يسألوا عما يفعلون وهم يسألون. So, He said, Allah wants you to slaughter a cow. He's ordering you to slaughter a cow. What was the response of the Bani Israel? قالوا, they said, أَتَتَّخِذُنَا Are you taking us? تَتَّخِذُ Hamza Khadal is the root. Are you taking us huzuan in mockery? Remember, mustahzi'un, yastahzi'u? Mustahzi'un, one's a mock, right? So, huzuan from the root letters hazai, hamza. Are you making fun of us? He's telling them, Allah orders you to slaughter a cow. Their response, are you kidding? Are you joking? Why would they say that? Why would they say that? You remember the Bani Israel, they had made a baby cow for worship. So there was some kind of love and admiration for the cow figure. So when they're told, slaughter a cow, they say, are you joking? Why would we slaughter a cow? Are you just making this up? Are you kidding with us? Qala, Musa alayhi salam, his response. He said, A'udhu billahi. I take refuge in Allah and akuna min al-jahileen that I should be of those who are ignorant. A'udhu, ain wa'udhal is the root and al-jahileen is a plural of the word jahil. Who is jahil? Ignorant person. Now, you see jahil, jim halam, jahil. Who do we think is an ignorant person? Hmm? Your three-year-old sibling who's trying to read a book upside down. Yeah? Maybe you would say, oh, that's jahil. That's jahil. She doesn't even know which way the book is supposed to be. And she's pretending to read. That's not necessarily jahil. Or rather, jahil, ignorance is not just absence of knowledge or not knowing anything. Jahil is also to not understand. Because someone who knows also understands where and when to apply that knowledge. True knowledge is that which becomes a part of you. It molds you, it shapes you, it beautifies you, it improves you. A knowledgeable person is not just one who can read a lot and quote a lot and talk a lot. A knowledgeable person is one who understands that knowledge and brings it into his life. So now, Musa alayhi salam says, 
I take refuge in Allah, lest I should be of the ignorant. So according to this ayah, who would be an ignorant person? Someone who is making fun of others. And someone who is joking about Allah's law, Allah's command. Because if he were to be making that up, Allah orders you to slaughter a cow. And the Bani Israel are like, are you kidding? And if he were to say, yes, just a joke, not serious. Astaghfirullah. That would be what? That would be what? Making fun of Allah's law. You see that theme repeating? Bani Israel refused to accept the law. Forced to accept. Come on, take it already. And then when they're given the law, what do they do? They play with it. They change it to suit their desires. And now what's happening? They're given a command and they say, are you joking? And we learned that an ignorant person is the one who does not take the law of Allah seriously. It's not intelligence, it's foolishness, it's ignorance. Qalu, they said, the Bani Israel's response, Udu'u, you make dua, dal wal, dua is the root. You make dua, O Musa, now that they realize he's serious, they don't want to do it. Like for example, if your parents are sitting at the table and they ask you, because you got up to get yourself a drink from the refrigerator, so they ask you, can you please bring us some forks? And you say, oh, where are they? And they say, in the drawer. Uh, which drawer? That one. Uh, okay, but where in the drawer are the forks? Hmm? Exactly, that's what you want to do. It's like, you know, hit my head. Open the drawer and you'll see it. It's not rocket science. There's three drawers in the kitchen. You come in the kitchen all the time. You know where the forks are. So if somebody were to ask question after question after question, what does it mean? What does it mean? They really don't know? They don't want to do it. Exactly. And sometimes we use that trick a lot. Because if you ask too many questions, the other person says, you know what, forget it, I'll do it. You just sit down, I'll do it, I'll take care of it. So the Bani Israel, they did something similar here. They started asking questions so that they wouldn't have to do it. But what happened when they started asking too many questions? We'll see how they got into more difficulty. The command became even more difficult for them. If you think about it, the command is simple, slaughter a cow. What does it mean? Slaughter a cow. Okay? Bani Israel's response, O Musa alayhi salam, ud'u lana rabbak, you pray to your Lord, yubayyin lana, he should make clear for us, ma hiya, what is that? What is that cow? We want to know more about that cow. What kind of a cow should it be? Really? Is there a difference between a cow that's brown and white and a cow that is black maybe? Okay, maybe some difference, but a cow is a cow. But they said, Allah should make it clear for us what kind of a cow should it be. So Musa a.s. qala, he said, إِنَّهُ يَقُولُ He made dua to Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responded to him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, إِنَّهُ يَقُولُ Musa a.s. says, Allah says, that إِنَّهَا بَقَرَةٌ Indeed, it is a cow. لَا فَارِضٌ That is not فَارِض. وَلَا بِكْرٌ Nor is it بِكْر. Now the word فَارِض is from the root letters فَارَضَاد. And farid is used for that which is old. When it's used to describe an animal, this animal is old. And bikrun, bakafra, bikr is young, very young. 
especially Bikr describes a cow that has not given birth yet, meaning that has not had any babies yet, or that it has had only one. So Musa Islam says that the cow should neither be too old, nor should it be too young. Awanun bayna dalik. Awanun from the root letter is ain wa noon. Awanun is that which is in the middle, middle aged. And then he tells them, Fafalu ma tu'marun. Just do what you have been commanded. Don't ask too many questions. Just go do it. But what did they do? Qalu, they said, Udu'u lana rabbak. Call upon your Lord. Yubayin lana. He should make clear for us, ma launuha. What should be the color of the cow? Loun. Lam wa noon. Loun is color. We want to know the color of the cow. So Musa alayhi salam, he made dua to Allah. Qala, and then he said, إِنَّهُ يَقُولُ Indeed Allah says, that إِنَّهَا بَقَرَةٌ That indeed it should be a cow. That is Safra, yellow. Sadfara, yellow. But what kind of a yellow? فَاقِعُ لَوْنُهَا Its color should be فَاقِعُ فَاقِعُ فَاقَافْعِينَ and faqir is used to describe the color yellow. Like for example, if something is black, very black, how do you describe it? Pitch black. Okay. If you want to describe any other color, can you give me an example? How do you describe white? Egg white? <laughs> Interesting. Any other description? Yes? Blood red. Yes? Snow white. Okay. Yes? Sea green. Okay. Now the thing is, like for example, if you have pitch black, do you say pitch pink? You don't do that. No. Pitch is just for black. Likewise, faqir is just for yellow. And what you mean by this is very bright, nice yellow. Not fluorescent but the nicest yellow that a cow could be. Like a clean, bright color. So, فَاقِعُ لَوْنُهَا And it should be such color that تَسُرُّ It pleases, from the root letter سِينُ رَرَى سُرُور, pleasure. It pleases النَّاظِرِينَ Those who look, those who stare at it. نَاظِرِينَ Plural of the word نَاظِر And who is نَاظِر? One who looks. One who sees. So in other words, it should be a beautiful, attractive cow. Do you think that's enough detail? They know the age and they know the color. Isn't that enough of detail? But they said, قَالُوا They said, اُدْعُوا لَنَا رَبَّكَ You know what? We still don't get it. Please call upon your Lord for us. يُبَيِّن He should make clear, لَنَا for us مَا هِيَ What is it after all? What kind of a cow is it after all? We would like to know the profession of the cow. And they said, إِنَّ الْبَقَرَةِ Indeed the cows, بَقَر is a plural of the word بَقَرَةِ They said, indeed the cows, they are تَشَابَهَ عَلَيْنَا They all look the same to us. تَشَابَهَ From the root letter شِينْ بَهَا Do you remember we read earlier that وَأُتُوا بِهِ مُتَشَابِهَا That they will be given the foods in paradise in similarity, that they will resemble each other. So they said all these cows look the same to us. Okay? They all look the same to us. Wa inna 
And indeed we, inshaAllah, if Allah wants, لَمُهْتَدُونَ Surely we will be guided. Muhtadun is a plural of muhtad. Muhtad is one who is guided to the right direction, to the right place. Now what's going on over here? They're asking so many questions. And you see Musa a.s. is also not giving up. He's also going and asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also making clear to them. Every question they ask, there is an answer. But what is happening with every question and every answer is that is that the matter is becoming even more hard. It's becoming even more complicated. They're complicating the situation for themselves. How? That firstly, finding a cow like this would be difficult. And secondly, now they're so deep into this that there's no getting out. They've asked so many questions, they have so many details now that they can't get out of it. So they said, Inna insha'Allahu lamuhtadun. Why did they say this? That if Allah wants, we'll be guided. We'll find the right cow. And we will finally slaughter the right cow. Why do they say this? That if Allah wants. There's two ways to look at this. One way is that they were realizing that they were going in the wrong direction. And now they're getting worried. That they might not be able to find the right cow and they might not be able to slaughter it. They might not be able to follow the command that Allah has given them. So finally they mention Allah's name. Allah, we will do it. We will be guided to it. So in a way there's some intention now to do it. And the thing is that when you make the intention to do something, no matter how hard it is, you figure out a way. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also helps you. And then we see here that how more details are given, but then finding a cow like that would be impossible. But they actually found a cow like that. Why? Because they finally made the intention to slaughter the cow. Did you understand this point? When you decide to do something in obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when you make up your mind that, okay, I want to do this, I have to do this, then what will happen? What will happen? You will receive Allah's help. You will receive Allah's help and you will eventually do it. And it's amazing how people can get the most difficult things done also. Why? Because they started with the intention. إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ bin niyat. Actions are based on intentions. Meaning they begin with the intention. You make the intention, then the action will come. And if you don't have the intention, you'll never be able to do it. You know like your mom tells you, go get me that from the basement. You're like, I don't know, where is it? And then you start making excuses and asking like random questions and like 10 questions about something simple. What's going to happen? Even if it's in front of you, you won't see it. But when you make the intention that, okay, I'm big enough, I'm smart enough, I think I can go find it, and I think I can go bring it, let me go get it, what's going to happen? You will find it and you will bring it. So this is one way of understanding this part of the ayah, that they finally made the intention. Secondly, this could also be understood in another way, which is that they're kind of saying that we want to do it, but maybe Allah doesn't want us to. Like typically, when we don't want to do something, what do we say? What do we say? Inshallah. That's the wrong use of inshallah. It's the wrong use. You should say inshallah anyway. But don't say inshallah when in your heart you don't intend to do it. Because it's as if you are blaming Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
Qala, Musa salam said, Innahu yaqulu, indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that innaha baqaratun, indeed it is a cow, la dhalulun, it is not dhalul. Dhalul from the root letter is dhal, lam, lam, and dhalul is that which is subdued, subjugated, meaning it's not free, it's subjugated. And when an animal is not free, what does it mean? It is, it is domesticated. So, la dhalulun, it should not be tamed for some work, a domestic animal as in that is supposed to be used for some kind of work. La dhalulun, and what kind of work? Tuthiru al-arda, that it plows the land. Tuthiru, sawawra, athara yuthiru is to upturn something. And tuthiru al-arda, that it plows the land. Meaning it should not be a cow that works at a farm, in a field. Wala and nor tasqi it waters seen kafia to give water. It should not be such that it waters al the fields. Harth haratha crop or the field. So it should not be a cow that works at a farm plowing the land, nor should it be used for watering the fields. And then on top of that it should be musallama. Musallama, sin lam mim, one that is kept sound and safe. Sin lam mim, salam, safety, to be safe. It is sound, meaning it does not have any injury, any deformity. It should not have ever been used for work. It should not have any faults or any, any problems in its body. Perfect cow, musallamatun. And how perfect? لا شِيَةَ فِيهَا It should have no shia. Shia is a mark, a spot. What kind of a spot? Like for example, you have a dog that's white, but it has a black spot on it. So shia, wawshinya is the root, and washi is basically a spot that is of a different color, a mark that is of a different color than the color that is around it. So then it really stands out, doesn't it? So imagine a brown cow with a white spot. Will you notice that white spot? Right away. So, la shiyatafiha, this cow should not have any spot on it either. Wow. Now that they run out of questions, qalu, they said, al-ana jitta bil Now, al-ana means now, at this point, finally, jitta, you have come bil with the truth. We were ready to slaughter a cow all this time, you know, but you didn't give us the details. It's not our fault, it's your fault. So finally you've given us all the details. Again they're blaming him. And Allah says, فَذَبَحُوهَا So they slaughtered it. But the reality is that وَمَا كَادُوا يَفْعَلُونَ وَمَا and not كَادُوا They were near, يَفْعَلُونَ They do. كَادُوا كَادَ يَكَادُوا Remember, يَكَادُوا الْبَرْقُ يَخْطَفُ أَبْصَارَهُمْ Right? يَكَادُوا is when someone is almost at the point of doing something. مَا كَادُوا They almost did not. They almost could not. وَمَا كَادُوا يَفْعَلُونَ Why did they almost not do it or they could hardly do it? Because how would you find a cow like that? Because if you go back to the details of the cow, what are they? What is its age? Firstly, what is the age of the cow? Middle age, not too young, not too old, middle in age. Okay. Now a cow that is neither too young nor too old, what does it mean? 
it's perfect for work. Isn't it? It's perfect for work. But what do we see? This kind of a cow should never have been working. Any kind of work. Neither in the fields, nor watering the fields. Nothing like that. No hard labor, easy labor, no work at all. Okay? And then on top of that, it's color. Not ordinary color. It's a beautiful color. So how would they find a cow like that? It would be very difficult. And even if they found a cow like that, this cow is clearly not a domestic cow in the sense that it's being used for work. What kind of a cow is it? At most you could say a pet cow. Right? Because why would a person keep a cow like that? Feeding it every day, not using it for any work, and then it's got no mark on it, no injury on it, perfect age, still never used for any work, this cow must be very special to its owner. Or at least loved by its owner. And a cow like that, nobody wants to slaughter it. So this is why it was even more difficult to find a cow like that. And secondly, if they were to find it, to be able to slaughter it would be very difficult. I remember when I was little in Pakistan at, at Eid, not the Eid after Ramadan, the Eid in Dhul Hijjah. You get the animals because you have to slaughter them. And sometimes what happens is that people bring the cows or the goats and the sheep weeks in advance. So once my parents did that, that they got a couple goats and they were in the house, in the yard, for many days. And one of the goats, oh my God, I just loved it. It was a nice brown color. It was so friendly that one day me and my brother, we actually bathed it. You know, we shampooed it, you know, used the blow dryer, everything. Nice and shiny and clean. You could actually, you know, hug it. Really. And it was so friendly. And then came the day of Eid. And I just locked myself in my bedroom, refusing to come out. Plugging my ears because I didn't want to hear the goat being slaughtered. It was very hard for me. Very, very hard. And you can imagine if there is a cow like that that has been kept by the owners, not for work, but clearly for some other purpose, it wouldn't have been easy to slaughter a cow like that. But they did it finally. So what's the lesson in this? Asking questions, while it may be good, Sometimes asking certain kind of questions is not good. When is it not good? When asking those questions is not beneficial. It's not relevant. It's not going to help you. And when you will ask those questions, what's going to happen? You're going to complicate the matter for yourself. That we should always accept Allah's command no matter how hard it is. Yes. And once you accept it in your heart, then what will happen? It will become easy on your limbs. I'm telling you, it all begins with your brain. You decide what you want to do or what you don't want to do. And the next steps will come easy. If you have the intention, you can get any job done. Yes, very good. وَإِنَّا إِن شَاءَ اللَّهُ لَمُهْتَدُونَ The Prophet وسلم said, and this is a hadith in Bukhari, that إِنَّ اللَّهَ حَرَّمَ عَلَيْكُمْ Indeed, Allah has forbidden on you. And he listed several things. Firstly, عُقُوقَ ummahat To be disobedient to your mothers. Allah has forbidden that on you. مَنْعَ wahat To withhold what you should give. وَأْدَ banat To bury your daughters. And then, وَكَرِهَ لَكُمْ He dislikes for you 
قیل وقال You know what قیل وقالا means? He said, she said, they said this and they said that. I said this and then he said that. And then she said that and then I said that. Right? Repeating these stories, قِيلْ وَقَالْ Allah does not like that for you. وَكَثْرَةَ السُّؤَالِ He does not like that you should ask too many questions. وَإِضَاعَةَ الْمَالِ And wasting money. Asking too many questions is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not like. Uh, so, if you don't understand something at first, you should, like Allah's commandment, you should still do it because um, Allah wanted them to slaughter the cow so that they would be able to find out and it says in the next ayah, the person um, who had killed someone else. Yeah. Um, and at first, the Bani Israel had made fun of Allah's command to go and slaughter that cow. But at the end, they understood, oh, there was a reason for this. Exactly. So you should always like um, do something even if you don't understand it. Exactly. And we'll just find out the details of that. But the point is that, you see, there's two types of questions. One type of a question is, you're asking about something so that you can do the job correctly and properly. But the other type of question is an unnecessary question or a question that is about details that are not very important. If you were to think about the matter, the details would be obvious to you. Like for example, we had given you an assignment, a homework assignment where you had to write your reflections. And you were told that the maximum word limit is how much? 500. What does that mean? That the answer should be one line long? Yeah? Well, it's not 500, so as long as it's not 500, I'm good. I'll just write one line answers. What does that mean? 500 means that it has to be long enough. But then if somebody says, oh, what's the minimum? You didn't tell us the minimum. What is the minimum? That is an irrelevant question. I mean, if you want, we could tell you. And if we were to tell you that it has to be 450 minimum and 500 maximum, you're between 450 and 500, wouldn't that be more difficult for you? Wouldn't that be more difficult? So one type of question is something that will help you do your job properly. Like for example, you ask, when is this due? But the other type of question is irrelevant. It's like, you know, once people were debating that if the buraq was halal. You know the buraq? the creature that the Prophet ﷺ traveled on, on the night journey. So he said, is it halal to eat? Well, even if you figure out, it's halal or haram to eat, are you ever going to find one? Where are you going to raise one? It's irrelevant, it's not necessary. So when we ask too many irrelevant questions that have nothing to do with our amal, then we're just making the matter complicated, boring, and it basically shows that we're not serious about it. Let's look at the next verse. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذْ قَتَلْتُمْ نَفْسًا And recall when you killed a person. قَتَلْتُمْ قَتَلْ is to murder. You killed a person, and what happened? There was a murder. And who was the criminal? Nobody was admitting. So فَدَّارَأْتُمْ فِيهَا You blamed each other about it. فَدَّارَأْتُمْ دَالْ رَاهَمْزَ is to push something away from oneself. And iddara'a is when people are pushing the blame away from themselves. How? By putting it on others. No, I didn't do it. You did it. Yeah, I know you did it. And all of you did it. And the other guy says, no, no, I didn't do it. You did it. So you see what's happening? People are blaming each other. 
And when people are blaming each other regarding such a serious matter, a murder, what do you think is going to happen next? Do you think a scuffle might break out? Could that lead to more murders? Mm-hmm. You know, many times, bigger fights break out. Why? Because it started with a very small argument. A very small fight. A fight that was between two people led to a battle, literally. So what happened? They were accusing each other, فَدَّرَأْتُمْ fiha, And the real criminal, he was hiding, وَاللَّهُ مُخْرِجٌ Allah says, and Allah was one to bring out. مُخْرِجْ خَرَاجِيمْ مَا كُنْتُمْ تَكْتُمُونَ What you had been hiding. Katama To conceal. So whatever you were hiding, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was going to bring it out. He was going to expose it. Not just at that time, but He will continue to do this. فَقُلْنَا So we said, اِضْرِبُوهُ Strike him. Baraba to hit, strike him. Who? The victim, the guy who was killed. Hit him, his body, his corpse. بِبَعْضِهَا With some of it. Some of what? There's two meanings over here. One is part of the cow. Now don't ask me which part of the cow. Was it the leg or the arm or the head or the torso or what? No, we don't need to know. Okay? بِبَعْضِهَا any portion of the cow, they were told to strike the dead man, the dead man's body with it. Or ba'diha, ha can refer to the corpse of the person himself. That a part of it, like for example the leg or something or the arm, you know, part of it, hit the corpse with it. So what happened? The man, he came back to life, spoke the name of the guy who killed him and died again. But this incident, كَذَلِكَ يُحْيِي اللَّهُ الْمَوْتَى Thus will Allah revive the dead. Yuhi, He will give life to al-mauta, plural of the word, mayyit. Mayyit is one who is dead. Wa yurikum, and He shows you ayatihi, His signs. Why? لَعَلَّكُمْ تَعْقِلُونَ So that you use reason. You understand. Now we see here that the murder happened. The Bani Israel were accusing each other. This could lead to a really big issue. They come to Musa salam to solve the problem and he says, Allah is ordering you to slaughter a cow. They said, أَتَتَّخِذُنَا huzwa." We're asking you about a murder case and you're telling us to slaughter a cow? Like, what's going on here? Are you kidding us? And then they tried to delay it or they tried to avert it by asking too many questions. Complicated the situation for themselves. Finally they did it and when they did it, the crime scene got solved the case that was going on, it got solved. So initially, it didn't make sense to them as to why they should slaughter the cow, but eventually did it? Did it make sense to them? Yes, because the cow was used to prove something else. You might wonder, but how is that possible? Like if there was a person who was murdered today, could you slaughter a cow, use a part of it and strike him with it and he would come to life and speak the name of the guy who killed him? No, it's not going to happen. So how did it happen at that time? Hmm? This was a miracle. But it proved another point to the Bani Israel. You see what's going on here. The murderer concealed his identity. Did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expose it? Did he expose it? Yes. And this is the lesson to be learned. A crime, a sin that is committed will not remain hidden. It will become exposed. It will come to light. And this is why we must fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
Alright, we will listen to the recitation of these verses. Open from the beginning of the lesson, pick up your book or your mushaf, and then we will listen. Nice and quiet. وَإِذْ أَخَذْنَا مِيثَاقَكُمْ وَرَفَعْنَا فَوْقَكُمُ الطُّورَ خُذُوا مَا آتَيْنَاكُمْ بِقُوَّةٍ وَاذْكُرُوا مَا فِيهِ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ ثُمَّ تَوَلَّيْتُمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ ذَلِكَ فَلَوْلَا فَضْلُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ وَرَحْمَتُهُ لَكُنْتُمْ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ وَلَقَدْ عَلِمْتُمُ الَّذِينَ اعْتَدَوْا مِنْكُمْ فِي السَّبْتِ فَقُلْنَا لَهُمْ كُونُوا قِرَدَةً خَاسِئِينَ فَجَعَلْنَاهَا نَكَالًا لِمَا بَيْنَ يَدَيْهَا وَمَا خَلْفَهَا وَمَوْعِظَةً لِلْمُتَّقِينَ وَإِذْ قَالَ مُوسَى لِقَوْمِهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَأْمُرُكُمْ أَنْ تَذْبَحُوا بَقَرَةً قَالُوا أَتَتَّخِذُنَا هُزُوًا قال أعوذ بالله أن أكون من الجاهلين قالوا دع لنا ربك يبين لنا ما هي قال إنه يقول إنها بقرة لا فارض ولا بكر عوان بين ذلك فافعلوا ما تؤمرون قَالُوا ادْعُ لَنَا رَبَّكَ يُبَيِّن لَّنَا مَا لَوْنُهَا قَالَ إِنَّهُ يَقُولُ إِنَّهَا بَقَرَةٌ صَفْرَاءُ فَاقِعٌ لَّوْنُهَا تَسُرُّ النَّاظِرِينَ قَالُوا ادْعُ لَنَا رَبَّكَ يُبَيِّن لَّنَا مَا هِيَ إِنَّ الْبَقَرَةَ شَابَهَ عَلَيْنَا وَإِنَّا إِن شَاءَ اللَّهُ لَمُهْتَدُونَ قَالَ إِنَّهُ يَقُولُ إِنَّهَا بَقَرَةٌ لَّا ذَلُولٌ تثير الأرض ولا تسقي الحرف مسلمة لا شية فيها قالوا الآن جئت بالحق فذبحوها وما كادوا يفعلون وإذ قتلتم نفسا فادارأتم فيها والله مخرج ما كنتم تكتمون فَقُلْنَا اضْرِبُوهُ بِبَعْضِهَا كَذَلِكَ يُحْيِي اللَّهُ الْمَوْتَى وَيُرِيكُمْ آيَاتِهِ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَعْقِلُونَ You see these verses were revealed at the time when the Prophet ﷺ was in Medina. And what was happening over there was that the Bani Israel that lived in Medina, they came to the Prophet ﷺ and they asked him questions to see whether or not he was really a prophet of Allah. So right at the beginning, for example, Abdullah bin Salam radiallahu anhu, he came, he was a Jewish rabbi, asked him questions. When the Prophet ﷺ gave the answers, Abdullah bin Salam was satisfied, he accepted Islam. But then we see that 
repeatedly over and over again, they would come and ask the Prophet ﷺ questions, quizzing him, what is the ruh, what is the soul? Or for example, how did the Bani Israel end up in Egypt? What will be the first food of the people in Jannah? What is the thunder that we hear? Why does a child resemble the parents? Questions like that, as if he was being quizzed all the time. So this story was also a lesson for them that these questions are irrelevant. They're irrelevant. They're not helping you. Focus on the main issue here, which is the truthfulness, the character of the Prophet ﷺ, the command of Allah that you must believe in him. And Abdullah bin Salam, who was a Jewish rabbi, he said, when I saw the Prophet ﷺ, I knew that this was not the face of a liar. I have seen liars, he's not a liar. He knew that he was truthful. So the overall lesson is from these verses that accept the command of Allah as it is. Don't challenge it. And don't play with it. Accept it. Make the intention. Start working. And Allah will assist you. And why should you accept it? Hold on to it. Because خُذُوا مَا أَتَيْنَاكُمْ Subhanak Allahumma bihamdik ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh